the mixtape. Mixtape. I know that you and I both have nothing but love for the mixtape, but I think that might be nostalgia coming in and playing a, a factor there because the reality is when we look back to growing up, the mixtape was only good for so long. There came a time when it was simply obsolete. Yeah, for sure. As we were getting into the late 90s, CD players became a huge thing. And that's just it. If we're making these mixtapes, how do we play them on CD? Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, we call this episode The Tale of the Burned CD. She's Jen. He's Mario. What is up with the term burned CD? Like, doesn't that just take you right back to the late 90s? What did you think the first time you heard about burning a CD? Burned CDs. I I mean, I think everybody was a little confused when you didn't know what it was. Uh, I could remember specifically in high school, one of my friends did not know what burning CDs meant and was very confused why we would want to burn cds like with fire like as in yeah as in destroy (laughs) them destroy them like put them in a fire and burn them (laughs) for the kids listening at home right now i don't even know if the term burning cds is a thing anymore i did a quick google search the term burn in terms of cds is just it's meant uh, as like writing to the cd or putting data on the cd but for the kids that are listening i don't even think that burning CDs is a thing anymore. Everything is pretty much streamed and digital and not put onto like a physical disc anymore. So I I think it's important that we start off by saying, yeah, we're not talking about putting fire to a physical (laughs) compact disc. We're talking about the process of writing to a disc. And in this case, trying to write music to it, to make a CD that you can listen to. Right. The tale of the burn CD. My goodness. That takes us back to what? Like 1990 what? Uh, I'm going to say like late 90s. I don't know. Like 90. I remember it in high school, like middle of high school. So it would be late 90s, early 2000, I think. Maybe we were late to the game. But that's when I remember us starting to make these versions of mixed tapes on CDs, which were mixed CDs, um, burning <laughs> CDs. <laughs> I wonder if I'm trying to think back to when we were in high school, like you said, for us, it was mid high school, like 1999, 2000 ish. Do we call yeah. them mixed CDs or do we call them burn CDs? I, that's a good question. I always, I think I kind of call them sometimes mixed CD, like I'm making a mixed CD. Um, but I had to burn it to get it. <laughs> I had to burn my CD to get my mix CD. I don't know. I think it was interchangeable how we used it. Um, the process was like, can you burn me a CD? I know I w- would ask my friends, can you burn me a CD? Um, but yeah, I guess. I don't know. I used burn CD and mix CD, I think. It was my mix CD. <laughs> 
Right. We kicked it old school with the mixtape and then that that moniker just sort of came over to the mix CD. I want to tackle uh, in a few moments what you just mentioned about getting a friend to burn the CDs. But before we get there, I just did a little fact check. You're absolutely right in terms of when all of this CD burning stuff started. It would have been around 1999, 2000 because Napster... Started in 1999, and I think we would be remiss if we had a conversation about burning CDs um, if we didn't talk about Napster. So, what does Napster mean to you? Uh, Napster means illegal music downloading <laughs> to me, and putting a whole bunch of viruses on your computer. <laughs> I remember. Oh, that's so funny. I remember sitting up in my old bedroom on uh, the internet. I think we still had dial-up at the time. And mm-hmm. so I'm dialed in onto the internet and I remember reading somewhere about something called an MP3. Right. And I was like, what's an MP3? What so this that? whole idea, right, around this time, the technologies were coming in that you can now get a CD quality copy of a song. Right. From an actual disc. Use this process called ripping. You would rip the CD. Rip. Not to be confused with burning the CD. <laughs> You would rip, meaning taking data from the CD and putting it onto your computer in this new format called MP3. So basically, you could have these smaller file sizes, music-wise, that sounded almost as good as the CD copy. And I remember reading about this and then seeing, okay, there's this program called Napster that you could download. And it was called a peer-to-peer or P2P uh, network. Remember P2P networks? Yeah. Where basically users like you and me around the world could share whatever was on our computers with each other, including our music files, and we could download from each other. And yeah, this would have been in 1999. So I totally remember downloading Napster learning about mp3 and i was excited to download my very first mp3 file i want to give you a guess because this is gonna be funny there's no way no chance that you will ever guess the first song that i downloaded (laughs) on mp3 i'm i'm gonna guess something rap related Right. You would think at the time in high school, you know, I love me some like Diddy and Ja Rule and yeah. all of that. Eminem um, wasn't that. And then you might think, oh, it was probably like something Poison or Brett Michaels. Or, right. Because that's my go. Nope. Nope. Jen, the first thing I ever downloaded on Napster and I was so jacked. <laughs> my first MP3, The Safety Dance by Men Without oh. Hats. <laughs> what? Like, How did that even happen? I can. I mean, it's not too far. I mean, we know our obsession with '80s music, right? So I have no idea why. Out of every song to search, Let's, I searched for yeah. that. But yeah, you're right. We we love the '80s. So, do you remember, um, if not the first MP3 you had, some of the first MP3s that you downloaded? Um, I'm gonna say probably like Backstreet Boys. I don't know. Sense. I don't even remember. I think I, I know I was very hesitant to get Napster, which is why I would get people to make my CDs for me because I didn't have the program to like download songs. Um, But I would probably think I would like, oh, let me get some Backstreet Boys because that was my jam. (laughs) 
That's so funny that you mentioned, uh, of course, Backstreet Boys. I'm not surprised. But then getting back to this idea of getting a friend to burn a CD for you. So as we know, because we lived through it, very few people had the um, capacity or capability to take the MP3s and burn them or write them onto a blank disc. Right. This needed a special CD um, ROM, ROM something, in your computer, which was yeah, which was called a CD burner. And then yeah. I think the program was called Roxio, Easy yeah. CD Creator. And uh, I remember these things; they cost like two to three hundred bucks. Yeah. Eventually, I bought one because I, I got a job pushing buggies at a grocery store, and eventually, I saved up money to become the guy that you would have come up to me and said, "Hey, yeah. I got this list of songs. Can yeah. you download them and burn them?" But yeah, I agree with you. In the beginning, especially, there was maybe like a handful of people in your high school who had the CD burner and yeah. the software to burn. So you would like talk about and that them, process. You would go see them and how would you, you would like, CD? yeah, put your list together of what you want, what songs you wanted on your um, mix CD, your burn CD, um, and like basically hand it over and like provide them with the blank CD that you would have to buy a whole bunch of um cdrs or rws (laughs) i don't even know what the difference was i don't even know to this Um, day i still don't know but apparently there was an important difference yeah i never figured it out i just relied on the computer person to tell me oh this is the one you need (laughs) yeah so you would provide your list your blank cd um for them to make you your your burn cd your mix cd for you and i remember I got my one friend to do it and it was like kind of embarrassing because like sometimes there were songs on there that like you didn't want people to know you were listening to or you were like you wanted on your CD like it was a lot of like sappy love songs or like songs that like maybe nobody had heard of or whatever but you just really liked them and you wanted them on your CD so it was like here's my list and they'd be like what is this but okay <laughs> so I I completely agree I could say uh if we're being honest with each other that any mix cd i had made for me the first year that this would have been a thing like when we were in grade 11 Mm -hmm. i remember making the lists and purposely making them sound cool like the list like i would not put certain songs it's not like what you would want what you want people to know you were listening to kind of yeah like i remember i got i got one girl in my in my um class to make me a cd and i think like out of like the 15 songs on it i think i liked two of them but it was just like everybody else, right? Everybody else was listening to these particular songs. So you just right. wanted to look cool and whatever. Meanwhile, it was, do you remember how much people charge for these CDs? Like buddies of mine would charge like 20 bucks to make 20 a CD. bucks, like you would to buy a CD almost. Like yeah. 18, and it, $15, yeah. Yeah, and it made sense because especially with so Time. many of us still on dial-up internet, I mean, you're downloading a song. It would take a few hours to download yeah. one song. You heard it right, kids. If you weren't <laughs> around then, downloading a, a music file, even though it was a smaller file than what we were used to, on dial-up internet, it was still taking a couple hours. Um, yeah. So yeah, so some people would charge 20 bucks. Some people would charge 15. If like your best friend got a burner, you know, he or she might just charge you like the cost of whatever. I don't know. But right. um, I think it wasn't until grade 12 where like I was comfortable in my own skin and finally uh, I was getting the last couple CDs I had made for me before I got my own burner. I I actually put songs that I wanted on. Right. And I remember one mix CD had like, I think it started off with 
what's the song like Jeremiah was a bullfrog? Joy to the world. That's Joy it. to the world. Yeah. Because for some reason, I love Three Dog Night in high school. Yeah. What? Like <laughs> random. You're still trying to find yourself. So I remember that was like the first song. And then the second one was like Method Man, <laughs> even <laughs> if. And then there's Janet Jackson's new song. And then I like put some like, I don't know, just it was random. It was. Yeah. And I loved it that way because that was the whole point of making your own CD. You want. Right. To- it was songs that you wanted to like listen to on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> but it definitely wasn't until I got my own CD burner that I then was making the mixes I wanted because <laughs> I wasn't having to prove uh, anything to anyone. Um, 250 bucks, I think I paid. I'm thinking about it now. 250 bucks I play I paid for the CD ROM burner yeah. contraption that I then installed by myself, Jen. You proud of me? I took that the is. tower off my or the, the cover off my tower. The cover off, yeah. Yeah, and I don't even know how I got it installed. With that said, one out of every three CDs that I attempted to burn actually worked. So <laughs> I don't right. know if that was just I don't know if that was because of my poor installation job or if that was the technology at the time. I think right. we you could probably remember there was a lot of like CDs that you tried to burn but then they just wouldn't play in Yeah, the or they would only play in certain um players, right? Like some of your yeah. boom boxes whatever couldn't read the like the blank like what was originally a blank CD, right? Like it just wouldn't read or it would skip a lot. There was only right. like certain players that would actually um be able to like play the songs on the CD. So that was, uh, yeah, quite the challenge. (laughs) My original CD player that I would have got when I was like in sixth grade, I think it was grade six, um, would not play any burn CDs. Right. Whereas my new boom box that I bought around grade 12, it's like it had the technology or whatever to, to read it. But that was definitely frustrating. When I'm thinking about Napster, though, I know that Napster wasn't a long, it wasn't around for long. In my head, it seems like it was no, around yeah. for long. But I think there was some type of lawsuit that started up by like the early 2000s. Do you remember? Yeah, who was it, was it? Like, was like, I feel it was like famous, it was, I feel like it was like pretty soon after, like it came, or when I had heard about it, and then all of a sudden it was like, well, Napster, don't download Napster. Because there's like a lawsuit and you're going to get charged and you're going to go to jail. jail. You're going to jail. They're going (laughs) to find you and put you in jail. So it was like the fear that I was like, "Ah, I'm not dealing with that. It's not worth it. Somebody else. I'm just going to pay my 20 bucks and let Susie take the hit. Really? Pretty much. And deny everything that I ever asked her to make a CD for me. Um, But yeah, it definitely didn't last long. It didn't last long. But then other peer to peer music options websites things popped up and i remember one in particular and i think this one i use more than napster which was good old limewire oh man my computer just got seven viruses from you (laughs) saying the name alone uh talk about limewire a little bit what was that experience like (laughs) Um, yeah, it was a probably not a good experience. <laughs> I mean, I was very concerned about what I had downloaded onto my computer with, as far as like viruses, I feel like you needed like the antivirus software on your computer just to <laughs> combat whatever you were doing with LimeWire. So, um, my biggest thing though, I don't know if you remember this was we talked about like people could share their, um, 
files and all that kind of stuff, whatever they had on their computer. My biggest pet peeve about that was searching for a song and not being able to find a good copy or not being able to find the song in particular because they had labeled the song with a different title. Not only do I remember what you're talking about, but I'm going to prove it right now by saying a song title and you're going to tell me what we had to search for it as in order to find it. All right. Yeah. Let's pretend I want to listen to Don Henley's The Heart of the Matter. Right. Not going to find it. Yeah. Great tune. Not going to find it if I type in The Heart of the Matter. No. What am I going to find it as? You're going to have to search for forgiveness. (laughs) I remember that like it was that, yesterday. Yeah. We would, uh, oh, we would, we would actually, I think, talk on MSN. We would chat about like, hey, I can't find this song. What should yeah. I search for it as instead? Yeah. And it was always like trying to look at the chorus or other key, yeah, key moments of the song. Yeah, people would just like label songs like what they thought the titles were. I don't know. Like, yeah, obviously <laughs> in Heart of the Matter, Don Hanley does say forgiveness a lot. But guess what, guys? That's not the, the title of the song. So <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, it really was a struggle. And that existed on Napster. It existed on LimeWire. Uh, there were a few other ones that I remembered. There was WinMX. Okay, which, yeah, I remember that one. Which was small but mighty. And I looked it up for a period of time in 2005, WinMX became the number one spot for music downloads. Uh, so it didn't last long, but it was huge when it was out. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty clean and it was color coded. I remember like if you would go to download something, it would be green, which meant it would download fast. And right. if it was in yellow, it was like, nah, kind oh, of a connection. Wasn't a, yeah. Yeah, I remember. So that. yeah, I loved WinMX for that. And then there was Kazaa. Do you remember? Oh, Kazaa? I do remember Kazaa. Yeah, it started as one. Morpheus. Mm-hmm. That was the original name, and then Morpheus got shut down, and Kazaa came out. I think what we're trying to basically say for the kids at home is uh, hackers were a thing back in the day, and yeah. when when they would have a, a program that got shut down. It was just a matter of days, if days not before. hours, before a new program new was program. Yeah. Love the computer hackers of the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. They were genius, man. We don't care that the FBI is coming after us. We're yeah, gonna, nope. We're going <laughs> to shut this down and we're going to start a brand new illegal service. <laughs> <laughs> the whole idea with all of these, I think it was in the fine print, is the actual software was legal. Like Napster was legal. Right. It was was what we shared on it that was illegal. Right. Right? Yeah. I'm looking back now and I'm thinking, obviously this whole MP3 technology boom, Napster, LimeWire, Morpheus, Kazaa, WinMX, etc. It changed the way we listen to music because now, I mean, MP3 is still a thing, but even more so we're just on like that streaming model. Everything's digital. Do you think that history would have look? It would look different now if, in history, when we go back, there wasn't such a fight against the MP3s because record companies were trying to shut these things down. And in the end, what did they get from it? Nothing. Right. I feel like, I mean, if you look at what we have now, it almost the same. Like with these um, program, like Apple Music, Spotify, where they charge like a fee. I feel like if they would have done that in the beginning with like Napster, like charge like some sort of fee to use it. And then 
everybody had access to whatever was on there. Uh, there wouldn't be such a big deal with like, you know, taking music away from the artists or the artists like money and stuff like that. Like you're, you're not, you know, you're stealing from the artist. Um, but it's funny that like something like that got shut down or was like bad. And it's like, now look at what we have. And it's almost kind of like the same idea. Um, less work for us nowadays, but like kind of the same thing where you, you're, you're paying for a service and you can download whatever, or, you know, any kind of all the music, any songs, whatever you want. Um, now, and nobody seems to, there's no big issue with like stealing from the artist or anything like that. So I totally agree with you. Um, and some of the research I did when I was teaching uh, more regularly, when I was teaching the music and pop culture course that I taught over the last few years, mm-hmm. every sign pointed to the fact that during the times when MP3 downloads, the illegal ones were highest, yeah. record sales were actually also at their highest. So yeah. contrary to popular belief, you know, the music industry was like, oh, we're going to shut all of these things down because you're taking away money from our artists. But all of the numbers actually show that the more we listen to them, albeit illegally, on our computers, the more people got excited to buy the music. So I I really think that the music industry dropped the ball. Like you said, we have a model now where they're getting paid next to nothing for these streams, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if they would have taken advantage of it in the late 90s into the early 2000s, I think that the key thing with Napster and WinMX and Kazaa and LimeWire, it was just like that we could access the music when we wanted to. It was that on demand, right? I don't think, I mean, I can only speak on behalf of myself, but I don't think any of us were looking to like fight the man and take money away from artists. It was a compliment when I downloaded Forgiveness by Don Henley, (laughs) kidding, The Heart of the Matter. It was a compliment when we did that because we love the artists. And um, yes, there was just, somebody dropped the ball somewhere. It just turned into a huge legal thing. I just, it came in my head right now. The celebrity who was shutting it down, I believe it was the guy from Metallica, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. He shut down Napster and then a bunch of other guys got in. Uh, History would have looked, it would have, it could have been written differently, I think, if we would have had the foresight instead of panicking that we were taking away money. Because I don't think that was the case at all. And I mean, it still exists nowadays. We've got these torrents and everything else now. It's just more of a pain in the behind to have to download. Back in the day, you fired up that LimeWire. A couple Trojan viruses later, you were good. You had your music. (laughs) You had your music. (laughs) And you were good to go. You had your music. You had a few viruses, extra viruses with it, but no But problem. you were absolutely good to go. Uh, just as we wrap up now, you were probably the, you're the one person I think that held on to the mix CD as long as you could. Up until a few years, maybe you've been listening to CDs in the car, maybe even last year. Uh, when did yeah, you stop? That was when me. I Oh, I was late to the game. I'm late to the game on everything, really. But um, yeah, like I loved my CDs. I had my CDs in my car. Um, Kind of was mad when I got a new car and there was no CD player in it anymore. Um, I loved listening to CDs. You could pop them in in the car. That was my thing. Um, But yeah, I definitely And it it kept us focused when we had to make a CD with only... 15 to 20 songs on it. We only put the best of the best on it. I love it. The Burn CD, perhaps obsolete now, just like it's relative, the mixtape, but forever in our hearts. And with that, 
we declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Now she isn't all the down the train. I'm not running away.